Welcome to Church Uncharted, a podcast about following Jesus and making new followers of Jesus in the uncharted waters of today. Your host, Matt Schubert, serves at a Lutheran church in the Rockingham Mandra region of Western Australia, and he'll be joined by guests who will help us, the church, interpret these crazy times that we're living in. I shift from running programs or providing services through to being intentionally invested in them and intentionally investing in other people and, and yeah, helping them become like Jesus. And, you know, if we all just had a few, I think that'd be revolutionary, right? That's how movements start. our hope that as you listen into the following conversation, you'll be encouraged by the everyday power of the gospel, be given a deeper love for God's church, and be stirred to see the way the Spirit is at work in the lives of those around us. back everybody to the next episode of the Church Uncharted podcast. Today I'd also like to welcome Tom Schmidt for his first time on the podcast. Tom, how are you? G'day Matt. I'm good mate. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be here. Tom, I last saw you in late February, early March and something really significant has happened in Australia since then, particularly impacting life in Queensland. And I'm not actually talking about the COVID-19 virus. You shaved your beard off. I did, I did, mate. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it sent a few people into shock. But um, Yeah, that that really shook up uh, Queensland. Yeah, I heard. yeah, it really did. Absolutely. It's been huge, mate. It's been everywhere. No, I had a good, uh, just a mate, a young adult I know, raises some money for cancer. And that's something that's been a part of my family um, so I wanted to get behind it and I offered my beautiful ginger beard as a shave for getting to four and a half thousand uh, mm. dollars raised and he got there really easy. I think he got over 5,000 bucks in the end. So really That's great. Effort. He was aiming for like, I think 3,000 to start off with and absolutely smashed it. So wow. yeah, starting to grow back. We're getting there. Yeah. Do you know if your beard is growing back quicker or is his hair growing back quicker? I don't know, actually. We haven't, haven't compared... <laughs> Often, yeah, you should compare progress photos. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I often wonder because I am a I'm a bald man. I shave my head as well normally, but I have mm. a beard, and I wonder if my head hair and my uh, facial hair grows at a different rate. I'm really interested in that, so I'm going to do some measurements and see <laughs> what the progress is. If you could uh, keep us all updated on that, that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely will, mate. I'm sure everyone's really interested in that. Tom, tell us about yourself. Who are you, and what do you do? Uh, my name's Tom Schmidt. Um, I work for Lutheran Youth of Queensland as the Young Adult Ministry Coordinator. I've been there for oh, uh, almost well, six and a half years, I believe. Um, I'm originally from South Australia, actually, so a bit closer to you, maybe. Oh. Yeah, mm. a little bit closer. Um, grew up there in a farm, but um, I've been in Queensland now for a long time, almost 13 years, I reckon. Wow. Close to 13 years. So, yeah, working for OIQ, doing Young Adult Ministry, and that's been been really good for the last last few years so you you hang out with a lot of young adults 
I do, yes. Do you still include yourself in that young adult age bracket? Because I guess maybe when you started out, you were somewhat of a young adult. Uh, when I started this job, maybe not quite, no. I try not to, but there's some Freudian slip that often comes out where I do still include myself as a young adult, even though I'm... And everyone just rolls with it? They're really, like, okay, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> fair enough, yeah. I'm, I'm really, really well and truly past that, though. Uh-huh. But uh, maybe, yeah, maybe just living in the glory days. Sure. And tell us about your family, Tom. Uh, I'm married to one of the most beautiful women in the world, Amy, uh, my wife of 15 years. I hope I got that right. Um, maybe even 16. Anyway, a long time, long enough. And that's great. Loving that. Loving being married to her. We've got two kids. We've got Oscar, eight, and Claire, who's about to turn 10 next Wednesday. She was going to have wow. a sleepover for her 10th birthday with all these friends sleeping over. And now she can't. So now it'll just be you. Yeah, it'll just be, yep, which is like every night, so not really. Oh, wow. Not really yeah. that important or that's that uh, special anymore, but that's okay. That's like lots of lots of COVID birthday parties, hey? Mm, yeah. No, it's uh, it's been interesting seeing the way that people have uh, been getting creative uh, in, in celebrating birthday parties also. I, I guess, uh, if anything, the COVID crisis has has brought out a bit of creativity and, and innovation hasn't it it's it's brought about some absolutely i think uh the church has kind of thought a, a little bit about what they can do to do discipleship differently and and that's a conversation that we're going to have a bit today tom I, i've asked you to sit down and have a bit of a chat to me about discipleship because yeah. I, I know that that is uh, your your interest and it just so happens to be mine also. Love it. I, lo- I love there's this um, one of the authors I, I, I like. He has this book, talks about the best creativity comes out of moments of grief and loss. Mm. You know, when we experience loss and we experience grief, we're forced to be creative because we, mm. we've lost something and we need to find a new way forward. So, you know, the, the best and best moments of creativity come out of those kind of crisis moments. You, you think of, you know, like um, some of the best movies or some of the best albums that have been written, you know, they come out of people who are journeying through or wrestling through a crisis or some kind of grief. It's, mm. and it's, or even if you think about all the different inventions that came about during the world wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or who, who knows? We, we might look back on the year uh, 2019, 2020 and go, oh, wow, that, that really shot up at, at that point or, or that great idea was birth. I don't know. I, I think... Nah, Zoom was Zoom was uh, created, but before uh, this crisis. But I don't know if if anything gave it legs. This certainly did. I'm, yes, I know, right? I, I hope that's not the legacy. But uh, <laughs> I'm still waiting for like kind of a home hack of how you can make your own dunny paper at home to go viral. Um, that, wow, that'd be that'd be something, I reckon. Um, well, you do have some long service leave coming up, so maybe you could. That's true. That's true. I don't know how how many months can you spend on that? Mate, that would be just oh, mate, that could keep me entertained for at least ten minutes. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, today we're talking about discipleship in the way that it looks different amidst the COVID nineteen crisis, but also some of the ways that discipleship looks very much the same as it ever has. Uh, first of all. Let's talk about what is a disciple, because it's kind of one of those ambiguous phrases. It's Christianese. You don't really come across it outside of church circles. What is a disciple? What are your thoughts on that, Tom? Uh, Look, a really simple definition, or maybe it's just another word for it, is that a disciple is an apprentice. So that's a a really good way to translate it for us. That's something that we can get our head around. 
you know, mm. an apprentice, you think of a, a builder's apprentice is someone that, you know, spends three years kind of following a qualified builder around learning how to build, mm. right? And they go, oh, how do I do this? And, you know, they actually turn up every day and they, they follow and they learn and they do again and again and again. Um, so the idea of an apprentice is a, is a really helpful um, word for me. And really the idea of being a disciple is someone that is walking in the footsteps of Jesus or mm. at least, you know, attempting to walk in the footsteps yeah. of Jesus to grow closer to Jesus and become more like Jesus, I think. Yeah, I've really come to love that definition of a disciple as an apprentice because when I was growing up in the church, I was hearing disciple be defined as a learner, as a student, maybe as a follower. But really, I think all those definitions have their validity because it's it's really hard to give a translation for disciple. It's, it's quite an ambiguous mm. Uh, word that w it's difficult for us to translate into English, but I love the picture of an apprentice because an apprentice doesn't only sit in a classroom, right? There's there's times when a, an apprentice has to sit in the classroom. There, there's theory and stuff that the apprentice needs to learn to attain the, the knowledge in order to do the job, the work well. But the apprentice is also like right there by their supervisor, mm. by their tradie, by their boss. And so they're, they're on, they're on task. They're doing the work, but all the while they're, they're actually quite mindful of, of the one who's watching over them, the, the one who's teaching them. So it's, it's, they're not out there as a, a lone soldier or, or, or a lone worker, but they're quite mindful of the one who is going to come back and, and check their work. It's it's really interesting, right? And I think we maybe get this back to front in in church land, because you think in any most apprenticeships, um, you know, you have like a maybe a five to one ratio of of actually doing the work and learning about the work. Like an apprentice, they'll go, you know, each each um, term or semester, they'll go to, to kind of take for a few weeks to learn, but they spend most of their time actually following and, and learning and doing. And mm -hmm. we kind of, I think we kind of maybe flip that on its head. Um, so I, I think there's yeah, that really, there's an encouragement there for us as well to to really um, understand discipleship is not about gaining lots of information, but it's about ex learn, you know discovering through doing and um, exploring and figuring it out and trying and, and walking alongside someone else as well. Mm. Yeah, I wonder how our churches would be different if every Christian in the rows of chairs in the pew, if, if every Christian had this thing in their head that they are an apprentice of Jesus. They are being apprenticed by someone and perhaps even apprenticing or training somebody else. I, I wonder the kind of shift that would take place there, Tom. Uh, I'd love to see that day. That'd be fantastic. Um, that'd be incredible. Yeah. Like it's a shift from running programs or providing services through to being intentionally invested in and intentionally investing in other people and, and help, yeah, helping them become like Jesus. And, you know, if we all just had a few, I think that'd be revolutionary, right? That's mm. how movements start. I want to just kind of add when we, when we talk about being like Jesus, you know, walking in the, following Jesus and becoming like Jesus, that can become very, a very moralistic thing when we talk about discipleship. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, oh man, I've got to like be, and that's a really high standard, right? To be like Jesus. I think for me, when I, when I think about being like Jesus, I'm, I'm more thinking about, I want to relate to God the way that Jesus related to God. Yeah, totally. You know, Jesus said, I, you know, I don't, 
I no longer call you, you know, I no longer call you, what was it? I should have these passages lined up, shouldn't I? I, I no longer call you slaves, but friends. Friends, yeah, anyway, this idea of... So, so, someone's going to leave us a comment and, and go, guys, here, here's a passage. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus was always saying, you know, I'm in the Father and you're in me, right? Uh, I'm in the Father and you in me. Come come to me and you'll find rest. Come to me and, and understand how to relate to the Father. Understand how to mm. um, find intimacy. And, you know, in Scripture, it talks about us becoming um, heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, that we come and sit along sure. alongside Christ in our relationship with the Father. Um, and so as a disciple of, of Jesus, I, mostly I want to learn how to trust and rely on God and and, mm. and walk my days kind of in partnership with with God in the way that mm. Jesus did. And if I if I focus on the things I have to do, then I'm focusing on my efforts. But I just want mm. to relate to God the way that Jesus did, and I'm sure that lots of good fruit will come out of that. Because it's not like Jesus woke up each morning and went, right? How can I be a good little Christian boy today? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, he he sought the Father's will, and and he trusted in the Father's provision, and really our call to be an apprentice of Jesus and to uh, walk like Jesus is to walk in trust of our heavenly Father, and really our whatever those good behaviours are that might come out of that they're almost just byproducts because Jesus wasn't thinking about how to do the perfect best behavior. He, he believed the father's word and, and he, he rolled with it. He, he trusted it. And yeah, in the same way, we, we trust the gospel. We, we trust that God provides for us. We trust that we're securing. I think that word trust is really important, Matt. Um, and, and maybe it's a word we throw around a little bit. Um, you know, oh, yeah, I trust Jesus, but you know, if we would actually sit down and do a stock take of our life and our relationships and our time and our energy and our worries and our stress and our finances and, and actually mm-hmm. then went, oh, how many of these do I, if I look at my actions and my choices uh, and my reactions, how many of these things, areas of my life do I actually really trust God with fully? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. I look at my life, I think I'm pretty terrible at that. Um, I'm still figuring mm-hmm. that out. And and the journey of discipleship is is really... Do I, you know, is, do I trust God with this area of my life? And as we journey through the journey of discipleship, it's God coming back to us again and again with love and grace and saying, okay, do you trust me with this thing now? Here's the next thing I want you to trust me with. And we kind of, we, we reel and we squirm a bit and we go, oh, I don't know. I like holding on to that. Uh, I'm afraid to talk about that one or I've been hurt there before. And, and we wrestle with it and that, you know, discipleship is about just continually trusting God with more parts of my heart and deeper parts of my heart and learning to trust him over and over again with bits of it that I keep on taking back. But that's, you know, we can say, yeah, we trust Jesus, but there's a real deep, significant, practical way of living there as well. And, and um, how do we understand God's presence in our life more so that we can trust mm-hmm. him with more? Rolling with that apprentice metaphor, you know, we you might occasionally have an apprentice who, who's just been taken on, who who suddenly thinks that they they know more than their supervisor, right? And and so they that they might hear uh, the direction of the, the supervisor, but they they might not trust that the supervisor really has their back. That they might not trust that the supervisor. Uh, really does see what what's going on in in the project, and so the apprentice might go outside of 
the supervisor's instructions and not, not trusting them. And I'm, I'm sure in most cases that, that doesn't work out so well. Usually comes across as a bit arrogant, wouldn't it? Mm, so I'm, maybe I've got to confess that I'm an arrogant Christian um, or just an arrogant <laughs> person, actually, because um, <laughs> I think I know better than God. Mm, yeah. So don't we all win? And that's the, that's the journey, that, that's the apprenticeship journey that we're on. And in the same way, Tom, that someone can be an apprentice to someone else, they can also have an apprentice underneath them. Uh, this, we have that same kind of picture in discipleship, don't we? We can disciple in the sense that we are discipling somebody else. But we can also be a disciple in the sense that someone else is discipling yep. us. So you look at the great, great commission, right? And this is Jesus. His really is only in one of his only instructions to his disciples. So Jesus had disciples, right? He said, "You, you are my disciples," right? Um, and then his kind of like parting word was, "Oh, by the way, go and make more disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you." And what was the last thing that he just commanded them to do was to go and make disciples. So hmm. Jesus' commission to us is to make disciples who will obey what Jesus commands them, which is to go and make disciples. So it's to make disciples yeah. who are making disciples. To, you know, that's, the, that's how the gospel has spread around the world. And that's how there are billions of Christians, you know, on the face of hmm. this little planet Earth. Um, all kind of experiencing this this moment in time together in the same way, right? All figuring out mm. what to do here. And and we trust that the gospel is powerful enough to withstand any circumstance, within withstand any context, any opposition that they might come across. Uh, because there have been great trials and tribulations that have occurred through uh, church history, and yet the gospel overcomes. This is something that I was talking to Tom Peach uh, about last week. We're we're getting a lot of Toms on, on this show at the moment. Um, Your brother's called Tom too, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. I I had this realization. We'll we'll just uh, divert out this way yep. for, for a moment. I had this realization that the the first three guests that I've had on, on this show, I was sitting around the same table with. Uh, at the start of March, you, you, all three of you guys were, were staying at my mum and dad's uh, place. Noel, Tom Peach, and and, and, you, hanging, Tom. and hanging out with your brother Tom. Um, and I was like, yeah, I know, man. There, there was lots of Tom energy. There <laughs> really was, yeah. In that household, he's a Tom. <laughs> we, what, what was I talking about? Uh, throughout history, I think if if you look at if you even you look at Acts, right, like. You know, um, the gospel has, has faced tremendous op opposition from all sorts of different um, angles and places and people and institutions and powers and, and just natural mm. things as well. Um, all sorts of incredible opposition. And, and again, like we were saying at the start, like that's, I think that's the, maybe that's the kind of recipe or the brewing room or the brewing vat maybe. Mm that creates um, the next step forward in the spread of the gospel. Right? Maybe, maybe these times are actually the places where the church is forced to come back to the simplicity of, of the gospel and, and of discipleship and, and move and mm. reimagine it for what's next. Mm. I'd say with confidence that in some sense, the expression of the church has changed over uh, it's 2,000 years his, history there. There have been core tenets uh, that have very much remained the same, but method and expressions have changed over time. And so in this conversation, Tom, I, I'd like for us to address both 
the ways in which discipleship today in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis and social isolation, social distancing, all, all that happens in there. I, I don't need to flesh that out for people. We're, we're all living in it. I, I want to find out and for us to talk about the ways that discipleship at the moment looks different and also the ways in which discipleship looks very much the same. So in what ways, Tom, does discipleship look different at the moment? We, we need to say that in some way discipleship looks a bit different. It really depends on what you think discipleship, how do you think discipleship works and what you believe are the main kind of means or um, mm. ways that we administer discipleship, even though I hate that. That's a terrible phrase. Um, <laughs> and maybe that gives away a little bit of, of maybe some of the, the misunderstandings we have about how it works. Mm. If, if you think, if you, if you have an understanding that discipleship happens through a worship service or through a small group, um, conversation or through you know some program or course or 10 week kind of you know get together mm. then yeah definitely like definitely that's that's something that has been removed from um, our current setting right it's something that's that's been taken away so but uh, for me at the very base base of it um, discipleship really is about one person helping another person discover how God is present in their life and to learn how to follow him right so um, how has that changed? Mm. Obviously, we, the, I mean, the biggest change is that we're all isolated. We're all just staring at screens for mm. um, trying, to, trying to connect with people and, and get to know people and um, have those same connections with people through a screen, which is really, really difficult, right? Like We can't handshake. We, we, we can't hug. We, we, we can't put our arm around one another especially if if you're a physical touch person in the in the five love languages so, yep. some of that um that might otherwise express kind of god's care and love so yep. some of that uh, has certainly even if you're an extrovert um you're you're an extrovert you're gonna um discover that even lots of zoom meetings or facetime meetings aren't gonna fill your extrovert needs you're gonna you're gonna find yourself mm. lacking it so look, it's definitely it's definitely changing and you know like i was reading something yesterday i was pointing out that we we are embodied people we are people that hold on you can hear that banging right yeah that's right we, we just uh pause at the podcast and come back oscar i need you to get off the roof mate that was not okay please don't do that again sorry you tell your children not to make noise because you're doing a thing and then they climb on the roof right above you <laughs> the metal tin roof right above Tom. you <laughs> I'm not sure if I'll take this out or leave it in, but only time will tell. Um, I was reading something yesterday. I was reading an article. It was talking about the fact that we are embodied people. We got God created us with a body because He created us to connect bodily with people, right? Through our physical presence. Yeah. You know, most of our communication happens through our physical, you know, not through the words we say, but through the physicality of how we are present with someone. And so, you know doesn't matter how good your video conferencing is, even if you can like, uh, you know, conjure mm. up some mm. 3D holographic kind of thing, you're still not sure. physically present with someone. And so there's a whole, there's a whole, mm. um, most of our uh, means of connecting and actually feeling connected with people is taken away through that. So it makes it, it does make it more difficult just to feel like we're genuinely connecting with people. Um, but at the same mm. time, we're also really blessed that we do have the technologies that we do. Um, and we can actually, I can see you in your, you know, in your room with your beautiful bookshelf with your, you know, with your fancy mm. books on there and your plants and, um, you know, <laughs> like I can, I can see, see that and I get insight into your world as well. So, 
Um, for me, that's a different mm -hmm. thing that's changed, and I think that makes that creates all sorts of problems. So let's talk, Tom, about some of the ways that discipleship then is very much the, the same. We, we've talked about a couple of the ways that uh, we are living in a different time at the moment. What are the key tenets of discipleship that really very much uh, remain the same today, even in the midst of a global crisis and uh, social distancing? In, in what ways is discipleship the same as it's ever been? Uh, I th you know, I think um, one of the one of the phrases that I've found really helpful, or just even found myself saying, even just you know a few days into all of this, was, you know, I feel like everything changes, but nothing changes. Like I feel like everything's changing, but nothing's mm -hmm. changing, right? Like there's an anxious culture that is like, oh, everything's changing, um, but at the same time, I'm still me. My wife's still my wife. My kids are still my kids. My friends are still my friends. I still am the same person I was, you know, yesterday. Um, we still love and are loved. Uh, we still exist. We still create an image of god like there's so many more things that are still the same mm. than the things that have changed um and and mm. for me something like discipleship which is it's really again about being formed into who god created us to be often you know like that's that's something that will never change and never has changed throughout history it always happens the same way it's still a mm. work of the spirit of god it's still a work that the Spirit of God chooses to do through connections with other people. And while we are maybe isolated physically, those connections are still very much present or available to us at least. Um, and so how discipleship actually happens is still exactly the same. Mm. You know, for me, discipleship is about someone capturing a vision of what a discipled life looks like, whether that's through through scripture, mm. through the spirit of God, the inspiration, through the example of someone else. And, you know, for me, that's something that very much can happen at the moment. We can still look at someone else mm. and go, oh, wow, how they how they live and what drives them and what shapes them. That's that's inspirational. I, I want I want to apprentice myself to that. I want which is I want to be like that. I want to know yeah. that still happens yeah. very much like that hasn't changed. And then the ability to come alongside someone and go, well, you know, this is. This is how we pray. This is how we read scripture. This is how we learn to hear the voice of God. This is how we learn to trust, mm. to, to, to understand God's presence in our life in all sorts of strange, wonderful, small and huge ways every day. And this is how we mm. come to trust that presence uh, and surrender ourselves to that presence. To me, none of that has changed. That's, mm. that's still how discipleship happens. As long as we are able to call or video call or even write a letter um smoke signals no maybe not smoke signals but as long as we're able to communicate it's still very very possible to encourage someone in their apprenticeship to jesus to, to show them the example the, the the trust of jesus the all sufficiency the the awesomeness of the gospel it's still very possible to encourage someone to center their life around the truth of who jesus is what he's accomplished in, in his life death and resurrection and and how that frees us yeah, today, like it's, yeah it's really easy i can still call someone up and go hey how are you how's life what's been happening what are you struggling with and then and then mm -hmm. ask you know how's god been a part of that what's where are you seeing and experiencing god's presence in that helping them to open up their eyes to how god's presence I can still say, you know, what do you, um, what do you feel like God's been speaking to you in this time? Or 
what have you been reading in scripture or you know or let's let's open mm. up our bibles and read this together and what do you think it like what do you think it means like none of that none of that's changed except the thing that's changed is that all the things that we used to do as a church that kind of did that in a big group setting have been taken away which for me is uh was a maybe a bit of a facade anyway i might get in trouble for saying that but mm. in church land we like to be really busy doing lots of good things and they're good mm. things right? doing lots of good things that distract us from actually just forming just simple basic walking alongside someone and helping form faith in them and helping them discover yeah. how god is present for them yeah i mean even uh, i think of my own life if if I'm if I'm busy and and doing stuff, I, I can fool myself into thinking that I'm being really effective for for God's kingdom, right? Uh, but really, times like like this that kind of shock you a little bit, cause you to reassess and go, well, actually, what is the most important thing that I can be doing with my time? And is, is it these things that I have been doing, or is this an opportunity to reprioritize and rethink about what it looks like to be on mission in God's world? As a church, we've got to really um, take this opportunity to really ask those tough questions. You know, if we if we spend all our time just trying to take what we were doing and make an online version of it, I think we're missing the point. Um, I think we're missing a great opportunity to actually stop and go, are there actually discipling relationships happening in our community? Or were we just running programs? Mm. Were we just running programs and running services um, that made people feel like they were doing good Christian things, but actually weren't a place where relationships were nurtured, that were um, Jesus-focused, deep um vulnerable places where people are growing and being challenged and being confronted and being comforted um you know that's that mm. that's the that's the recipes of discipleship right that's the place of discipleship but if we're too busy doing the stuff right doing the running the programs sometimes we we miss that um and, and i'm not mm. the programs have a place but only if they are um maybe like a a nurturing ground or a, or a garden bed where discipling relationships can um, take root and yeah. form and grow, right? Um, so, so yeah. this this time for us is a, a bit of a revealing time of of was what we were doing just um, maybe smoke and mirrors, like the Wizard of Oz, mm. Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> no, yeah, we, we, Wizard of Oz. Um, yeah, was it just smoke and mirrors? When we pull back the curtain, how much discipleship is actually happening, and how mm. much genuine faith formation mm. is is happening there? Some people are busier during this time uh as as they work out what this looks like for, for their business or for, for their church they're doing all, all this play. but a lot of people are less busy during this time and i'm finding that actually people have more time to take my phone calls at, at the moment uh, so there are actually greater opportunities for discipleship and for those caring conversations that might happen more so now than uh, if everyone was just engaged in the busy culture that we're yep. accustomed to. Yep. I mean, and we're still going to be intentional about it though. Um, it's, it's still mm. uh, a learned practice to call someone up and go, hey, I want to be someone that helps you grow. Mm. Let's have a conversation every week where we just talk about how we've seen God at work in our life. Talk about the things we're struggling with. Hey, Tom, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about where uh, might be more directed towards 
leaders and those who are invested in the direction and, and, and running of a community of faith. For the person who just thinks of themselves as a, for, for lack of a better term, a normal Christian or a lay Christian, for, <laughs> for the person who, who thinks, hey, I'm not a leader in a, in a church community, uh, some of those some of those intentional conversations that uh, you're talking about, can you finish us off in this conversation with some words of an encouragement to the regular lay Christian who is a faithful uh, member of a church community who wants to be used by God to bring about some of these caring relationships, the, this discipleship that you're talking about? Can you just finish us off with, with some words of encouragement uh, to these people? think that's the biggest um the biggest telltale right is that we maybe your language maybe gave it away a little bit that we think <laughs> that only leaders do discipleship only leaders disciple yeah. that my my job as a as a normal christian not like those weird leaders as, as a normal christian <laughs> they're, they're a different breed aren't my they? job as a normal christian <laughs> is to just bring someone along to a program right um mm. and let the leader do the discipling let them you know, the person that's apparently really smart um, do the work, and I think that's the biggest um, that's the biggest lie that we've believed as as a community of people, as a church. Right? Everyone is a leader. Everyone is a disciple. Everyone is gifted yeah. in, in some way to disciple other people. I'm not gifted to disciple every person I come across. Um, there's there's certain mm. people that God God gives me that I connect with that I can play that role in their life, and there's other people that just look at me and go, you're a bit strange, Tom. I don't, we don't connect. Right? And that's, that's good. And that's beautiful because it means we need everyone. <laughs> mm. um, and, and, yeah. and that's another great thing about this time is that leaders need to let go, um, need to, in, and, yeah. and, and help the church realize that everyone in the church is a leader in the sense that we are all called to disciple other people. Cause that is Jesus's command to us is to go and make disciples who Go and make disciples. Like everyone is called mm. to disciple others, to 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 call out and mm. nurture and grow, grow, help the spirit grow faith in someone's heart. And the good news is that they don't yep. go alone. Yeah, and 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 maybe it's easier in this time because you don't have to, you know, g- jump up front at the program and and be that person that's that's you know, extroverted or outgoing. You can do it from sitting in your lounge room um, on a FaceTime chat. Totally. And actually, this is a really empowering time for those people that maybe saw leadership as something that's really daunting. It's actually, no, you can, you can sit at home and just, just disciple one or two people, just have meaningful conversations, care about their life, care about what God's doing in their life um, and, and help birth, help the spirit grow something in them. Tom, that is so good. That's so helpful. I'd say amen to all of that. Um, thank you for your words of insight. That, thanks for the conversation that we've had today, Tom. Thank you for coming on to the Church Uncharted podcast. Um, just thanks for joining us. Mate, it's been a real privilege, Matt. I love your work. I love what you're doing. Um, you're an absolute legend and inspiration of many. So I'm more than grateful to be here. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for listening to Church Uncharted. If you've found this conversation between Matt and Tom helpful or thought-provoking, why don't you share this episode, either with someone who is engaged in discipleship or with someone you think has great potential to disciple others.
That way they too can be encouraged by the everyday power of the gospel, be given a deeper love for God's church, and be stirred to see the way the Spirit is at work in the lives of those around us.